Hello and welcome back to Xavier Newswire Live, the radio show that will catch you up on all of the Xavier news from Ledgewood Drive to Dana Avenue and beyond. Today is September 19th, 2022, and we are bringing this show to you live on XUFM. I'm Kayla Ross, and my lovely co-host Julia Lankish could not be here with us tonight. On this episode, you'll get to hear the Newswire multimedia crew bring you the rundown on Boat Dance, Campus Catch-Up with Brianna, Radio Rex, Sports, and events going on downtown. Let's get right into the show. At this time, I'll turn it over to Colin. This past Friday was the annual SAC Boat Dance. With over 350 students attending this event, it was a night to remember for many of them. We were taken to the dock on yellow school buses. When first arriving on the boat, many of the attendants posed for pictures with the beautiful city of Cincinnati in the background. The three-story river boat was ready to start making its way down the river for its two-and-a-half-hour journey. With everybody settled in, the attendees made their way to a dining area to feast on a delicious meal of chicken, pasta, salad, rolls, and some delicious cheesecake. After dinner, the students made their way to the upper decks where there was a DJ and a dance floor waiting for them. The boat dance has been a tradition for many years, and students will come back every year to experience this event time and time again. I spoke to some Xavier students about their time at this year's boat dance. First year nursing student, Ellie Maragioli, described the night as wonderful and loved watching the beautiful sunset overlooking the city with her friends. James Greer, who's exploring majors, says his favorite part of the boat dance was being able to meet new people and dancing the night away. Another first year student, Kieran O'Brien, a business major, adds that he had an amazing time on the boat and that he would definitely be back again next year. The dance overall received really positive feedback from underclassmen and upperclassmen alike. It's such a neat event because it allows you to socialize in such a unique environment. Since the Student Activities Council put on the event, I spoke with Libby Zimbler, the SAC board member who planned and executed the boat dance this year. When asking her about the setup process, she, had, she said planning for the event has been happening since March. She also, she also went into detail about the boat dance as she explained, it is such a unique, oppor- unique experience that no other university gets the opportunity to do. This is one of the many traditions that makes Xavier so special. The $30 ticket students purchase for the event goes directly towards funding the event, Livy said. Livy also talked to me about the history of this event and the future of it as well, sharing that this is a tradition started by SAC decades ago and has been recurring every year since. As for the future, the dance will continue to happen every year, stating that this dance is great and truly gives the students something to look forward to. Back to you, Kayla. All right. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, boat dance was a great time. I was there with our very own Ryan Holigan and Spencer DeTenley. We were just glad they played some Rihanna for us. But now I'll kick it on over to Brianna with the Campus Catch-Up. Thanks, Kayla. Welcome back to Campus Catch-Up, where I give you a brief overview of Xavier University's weekly events. First up in the Gallagher Student Center, we have the Seeking Peace Student Art Show on display until Friday with their reception on Wednesday from 3 to 5 p.m. Be sure to check out the peace-themed artwork to celebrate International Peace Week and support all of our exhibited student artists. Cook connoisseurs, watch out. On Wednesday at 3 p.m., join some of Xavier's chefs to make your own DIY pretzels, and be sure to register because spots are limited. If you're more of a musical person, the Hamilton tickets for Wednesday night's 6 p.m. show are on sale now, courtesy of the Student Activities Council. You can buy two tickets for $30, and I don't think you'll find a better deal than this. To wrap up Wednesday night, the Fleece and Thank You Blankets Making event will be making blankets at 8 p.m. to donate to children in hospital care. Looking for a job? Check out the Fall Career Fair on Thursday at 2 p.m. 
Thursday night, join Distance for Dreams in Altar 308 for a late-night Disney breakfast. There will be Mickey Waffles, fun toppings, and hot chocolate available. To end the week, Muskies After Dark is back again this semester, and the theme is Alice in Muskie Land. At 9 p.m., join SAC for giant bowling, mini golf, delicious food, a magic performance, and more on the Xavier Yard. Back to you, Kayla. All right, thank you, Brianna. And now we're just going to hear a couple Radio Recs from Ryan and Ben. What's up, folks, and welcome back to Radio Recs. My name's Ryan, and today I'm going to be put you, putting you onto a wonderful album that came out back in April, April called RX by Role Model. This body of work covers love, self-reflection, women empowerment, and the perfection and imperfection. The genre is bedroom pop and alternative pop, but definitely more bedroom pop. To start, I overall just love this album because it looks at love in a completely different way. A record of just straight-up basic love songs is something that I simply wouldn't listen to, and I think he did a fantastic job of looking at love in an unconventional way. This album also stands out to me because it's nothing like his previous bodies of work. His past albums were very anti-love and mental health-related, so for his debut album to come out and be all about how he fell in love and found himself was extraordinary and bold to me, saying that he created, created a fan base of depressed teenagers to begin with. The fifth track, If Jesus Saves, She's My Type, is a top song of the year for me. It's an upbeat, lively song that compares this girl that enters his life to a saving figure like Jesus. The main way he makes his love songs unconventional, I'd say, is by using these sensitive metaphors of religion. He explained that this relationship was his religion. It's, com it's a comparison to how people are on their hands and knees praying to God to save them. And since he isn't religious like that, love was the next best thing. He had hit rock bottom and was on the verge of giving up. And then this girl, who we know but we will not name, came into his life and, not to be corny, <laughs> saved him. It's what the album art portrays, too. It's him looking up to an unknown figure that we can only assume is the girl while there's makeup running down his face. Anyway, I would recommend the song to anyone, but if you don't like that song, I'd still say to give the rest a listen because that one is the most different sounding from the rest. In my opinion, the most interesting song and my personal favorite is Strip Club Music. He uses this, he uses this imagery of women floating above men majestically while they're throwing out money and drinking. It's a, ver it's a very angelic sounding tune that captures the idea of women empowerment, uh, that is putting women on a pedestal and, and acknowledging the work they do. Um, it's a tip of the hat to the sex workers out there too. That's all I'm gonna say about that one. <laughs> the last track, RX, is this really peaceful sounding acoustic that talks about his past and how far he's come. It's relatable, honest, and does what it needs to do and more. At the end, he comes to the conclusion that he has all he needs and the love that he formed. It's, ent it's entirely self-reflective. It's probably the most basic song on the album, but definitely one of the best. That's all I have for you today, and now I'm going to be sending it to Ben. Phil Tippett has worked on your favorite movies. He made the Wampa in Empire Strikes Back, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, Ed 209 from Robocop, and everyone's favorite giant worm from Tremors. He's been working in the business long enough to be considered an industry icon. In 1990, Tippett sought out to direct his first feature film, only for it to fall apart. In 2010, 20 years after he began development, Tippett decided he wanted to take another crack at the project. After getting the money he needed, he went back to work, creating what would become Mad God. And now, in 2022, nearly 30 years after he started working on it, Phil Tippett's Mad God has released exclusively to the horror film streaming service, Shudder. This may sound like a bad thing, but honestly, I don't think there's a better home for it than Shudder. Mad God is not a conventional film. 
in the sense of character and story. Instead, it's more of a series of images meant to convey ideas and get the audience thinking. It's very similar to David Lynch's Eraserhead in that sense. Both films are unique, hour-and-a-half-long, terror-filled experiments, in a way. Unlike Eraserhead, though, Mad God doesn't have any dialogue. And it doesn't need any. What little story there is, is conveyed very well through just images. A man in a mask planting a bomb at the bottom of hell. That same man being lowered down from heaven on a futuristic-looking spaceship, very similar to that of the Apollo 11 spacecraft. It's a film that lives on its imagery. The way Tippett brings hell to life is some of the most unique stuff I've ever seen. Many are going to talk about his use of stop motion, because that's just who Phil Tippett is. But one thing I found very remarkable was his live-action implementation. His use of perspective evokes the early works of cinema, like Georges Millier and The Trip to the Moon. It doesn't seem like a lot of green screen was actually used. It seemed like a lot of it was just perspective shots, where there were cardboard cutouts placed way in front of the actor to make it look like they were standing on a big spaceship, for example. Tippett, while forwarding stop-motion technology, is also using techniques from the past in a very unique and cool way, and that's what makes this film so special. It's a wild ride through hell that everyone should watch at least once, because you're never going to stop thinking about it if you do. And I'm giving this one... Nine Mad Gods out of ten. Thanks, Ben. Now we're going to kick it over to Sports Update with John Baldridge. Thank you. It's been a very busy week here at Sports at Xavier. We'll start first with the women's volleyball team. They faced their rival on Saturday night, the Cincinnati Bearcats, at home. The Musketeers won that set in five sets. Three to two. They took the final set 15 to seven to close out that match. They played two games this past week. They also beat Miami, Ohio in five sets in Oxford, 3-2. to two. In that match, they'll be back in action for two games this week at 6 p.m. at home in the Centos Center against Villanova on Friday and at 1 p.m. at home against Georgetown on Sunday. The Musketeers volleyball team goes to 7-3 and three on the season. Now over to women's soccer. The women's soccer team won one game this past week as they won at home against Bowling Green, one to nothing on Sunday. They'll be back in action for two games this week at Butler at 7 p.m. on Thursday and at home at 1 p.m. on Sunday, first of all. Women's soccer team goes to 6-2-1 on the season. In men's soccer, her team stays without a loss as they tie against Seton Hall 2-2 two to two on Saturday night. And they beat NKU last Monday 3-1 to at in Northern Kentucky. The men's soccer team is now 5-0-2 on the season. As they'll be have two games this week coming up at Evansville on Tuesday night at 7. And first Marquette on Saturday at 7 at home. In the NFL now, a couple games I'll bring to you. The Chargers lose to the Chiefs on Thursday night as the Chiefs win 24-7 on the first game on Amazon Prime. 
the Cowboys beat the Bengals 20-17. to The Bengals come back from 17-3 to down to tie it. The Cowboys win it at the gun, though. The Dolphins beat the Ravens. The Ravens get outscored 28-3 to in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins win that game at a shocker in Baltimore, 42-38. to And finally, the Jets come back from 14 down to beat the Browns 31-30. to The Jets get their first win on the season. I'll wrap it up for sports. I'm John Baldridge. Back to you, Kayla and Jill. All right. Thank you, John. Now we'll move on to Downtown Lowdown this week with Dylan. All right. Today on Downtown Lowdown, this Wednesday, one of Cincinnati's outdoor performances is back. The Red Light Jazz Room has live musical performances every third Wednesday of the month. They look to showcase local talent and collaborate with upcoming artists. However, if you're looking for something more artsy, Hamilton is showing at the Arnoff Center for the Arts until the end of the month. And if you're looking for a full day of food, music, and fun activities, the Merchants and Music Festival is being held this Friday and Saturday at Tower Park, right outside of Cincinnati. And with the temperature starting to drop and the leaves starting to turn colors, students may want to do something with more fall vibes. If that sounds like something you'd enjoy, Fall on the Farm is happening at the Blooms and Berries Farm Market. They are rated the best pumpkin farm in 2021 by City Beat. This event includes petting farm animals, buying treats, pumpkins, and various farm games. If you aren't quite ready for the fall season but still want to do something outdoors, Hyde Park is offering a food and drink tour Friday at 1 p.m. This tour includes many historical facts about the park as well as many samples from locally owned businesses. That's all for now. Back to you, Kayla. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Sounds like some fun things to check out. And now, last but not least, I will pass it on to Patrick with this week's What in the World. All right. What's going on, everybody? What in the world's going on? I'm Patrick Hayes, and I'll be your host for What in the World. Our first story of the day, a superhero angers some fans this week. Marvel Studios announced their newest addition to the cinematic universe, Israeli superhero Sabra, a female superhero rooted in some discrimination against Palestinians. No doubts Marvel makes revisions to the hero, but not a good look for their brand regardless. For our business story of the week, we've got a reduction in spending for the holiday season. Retailers are in for a rough ride this holiday as sales during the holiday season will diminish when compared to previous years. What does this mean for the consumer? It means that you no longer have to buy presents for people you don't really care about. Now it's kind of just mutually understood that saving money is good. In other news, Russia and China showed a strong partnership this week, meeting at a summit to discuss issues such as the Ukrainian invasion. However, China showed disapproval of the invasion, stating that the Chinese government has questions and concerns over the prolonged and unsuccessful invasion. News on the home front resides with President Biden, where his next few weeks will not be spent in the United States, but in Europe. President Biden will be attending the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II and heading to the United Nations to ask for more countries to rebel against Russian President Putin and his war on Ukraine. As for our fun news story of the week, German customs officers follow a slime trail to find a bag of African snails at the Dusseldorf airport. When asked for comment, one of the officials, quote, thought the snail was a toy until it started moving. Now that's a story to escargot home and tell your friends about. That's all for now. I've been Patrick Hayes, and now you know what in the world is going on, and I'll be sending it right back to Kayla. 
All right. Thank you, Patrick. Listeners, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today in this episode of Newswire Live. Thank you for tuning into the show today. If you have any thoughts or feedback for the Newswire Multimedia crew, send them to our email, xavernewswire at gmail.com. We would like to give a special thanks to Carolyn Youngquist, a music education alumni of Xavier, who produced the music heard in today's show. At this time, we'd like to give a shout out to our staff and guests who helped make this episode possible. Thanks to Spencer DeTenley, Griffin Brammer, Colin Tohilo, Dylan McDonald, John Baldridge, Brianna Dunn, Patrick Kays, Ryan Holigan, and Ben Thompson. If you have any thoughts or feedback for the Newswire multimedia crew, send them to our email, saveyournewswire at gmail.com. Find Newswire Live episodes and other content on YouTube. Search Save Your Newswire to find our channel. Follow our Spotify to hear archived Newswire Live episodes, our debates and discussion podcast, our Inside Xavier Sports podcast, and other student-led podcasts. Tune into our next episode next Monday at 6 p.m. Until next week, this is Kayla Ross, hoping you are making a plan to celebrate National Queso Day tomorrow. Talk to you next time.